fans of the show will know that I love fiction podcasts. I mean, heck, I even make one. Well, today I want to tell you about one of my favorite shows, Someone Dies in This Elevator. Someone Dies in This Elevator is a spoiler-driven anthology of hilarious, heartwarming, and incredibly clever stories. You never know what's going to happen, but inevitably, before the episode ends, someone will die in this elevator. The show is currently raising funds on Indiegogo, and you can score some incredible merch for donating. But don't let me ramble on. Check out this trailer. Elevators. One of the deadliest creatures known to man. Notable in part for their 100% fatality rate on hit podcast Someone Dies in This Elevator. Today, we're taking a closer look at them. As you and I both know, they hunger for violence, lying in wait for unsuspecting passengers that soon will become their victims. Little is known about how these elevators hunt, save for the fact that no two seem to kill in the same way. Scientists speculate that this may be an intentional tactic to prevent their prey from forming defensive measures. Should you encounter an elevator in the wild, your best option is to remove yourself from the situation. Do not attempt to fight the elevator. Here we see an elevator in its natural habitat. A passenger approaches. Oh no. What, what are you doing? Get away from there. No, come on, don't do that. Oh, I cannot watch this. Turn it off. Turn it off. Just, just listen to the podcast, okay? Someone Dies in This Elevator is now crowdfunding season two. It would mean the world to me if you can spare a few bucks to help us make it. As thanks for supporting the show, you can get a bunch of cool perks, including early episode access, show stickers, and my personal favorite, a two-page tabletop RPG game about dying in elevators. Go to bit.ly sdite to help pay our casting crew. Tal said it best. Head to bit.ly sdite to donate and help pay the cast and crew of Someone Dies in This Elevator. You can also find a link to donate in our show notes below. And now, this week's episode. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure. Contain. Protect. Item number. SCP-5255. Containment class. Keter. Disruption class. EKHI. Risk class. Warning. Special containment procedures. The area containing SCP-5255 is to be patrolled by Mobile Task Omega-17. Full dark, no stars. And any civilians repelled. The entrance SCP-5255 has been sealed by order of Overwatch Command. Outside of physical meetings required as a part of the Veritas Agreement. This seal is not to be lifted under any circumstances. 
Any communication from within SCP-5255 are to be answered directly by Overwatch Command. Description. SCP-5255 is a three-kilometer-long tunnel proceeding through the side of Scaffold Pike, England. At the side of the tunnel, an extremely bright source of white light is visible. This light shines down the majority of the second half of the tunnel. The result is a series of anomalous phenomena when in contact with certain entities. These consist of immediate destruction of all recording and transmission equipment via spontaneous combustion, immediate destruction of any information mediums containing inaccurate data, immediate destruction of any property closely associated with the SCP Foundation, including uniforms, technology, and voluntary staff, improved memory recall in human subjects. Existing memories become significantly more defined, and subjects have reported becoming able to recall memories from as early as when they were one year old. Increased clarity of thought in human subjects. Individuals affected by the light have demonstrated severely less hesitation and consideration prior to taking action. Examinations presented to these subjects were consistently completed at least 30% faster following exposure. A complete inability in human subjects to convey false information through any means. Although these effects persist following exposure to the light, they fade quickly once a subject has been removed from SCP-5255. It is believed that SCP-5255 terminates into a massive cavernous structure within the interior of the mountain. However, this has not yet been confirmed outside of former D-Class testimony. If it exists, it is presumed this space is the origin of the light which pervades SCP-5255. Addendum 5255-1 Recovered Documentation Recovered from the Neonet Collection, Raider Unknown Believed to pertain to SCP-5255 Arthur, King of Steel, wept for the first time as he held his youngest Archfeld, brought down by a Nimicum. Leaving behind his blade, Arthur abandoned his kingdom to the fires of war and took the tiny body north, till he reached the highest mountain in the land. There were tales that a King Fay lived inside the mountain, and that it would grant the wishes of the pure-hearted. So, with all his metal, strength, and the effort of ages... Arthur carved a tunnel to the home of that fairy, stopping only when he saw its glow. He knew immediately that this was no fay. It was primordial truth, but desperation still moved him. My child is slain by the Odatium Sator, he beseeched. The Roman loathing descends upon my world. I beg you, give me back my archved at least. The primordial truth replied, Look behind you, son of man. Your stillant is shattered. Your kingdom is bones and regret. Look at your child, son of man. Your archfed is dust. Your joy is memory long since faded. Look at yourself, son of man. Your steel bones are rust. Your will is hollow resistance. Arthur, king of steel, look behind him. Arthur looked to his child. The man looked at himself and accepted these things as true and discarded his burdens, and achieved happiness. Addendum 5255-2 Attempted Exploration The following is a record of initial attempts to explore SCP-5255 before the nature and capabilities of the anomaly were fully ascertained. Attempted Exploration 5255-1 Dr. Lane Eden Exploration Resource BL-10 Drone Directed by Technician Sean Bond. Begin log. 
BL-10 drone enters SCP-5255. Night vision shows the interior to be a long tunnel stretching on in a straight line, with a tiny light visible in the distance. Mr. Bahan, if you would. Already? BL-10 drone directed to proceed down length of tunnel. Immediate destruction. Well. Shit. End log. Supervising researcher, Dr. Eden. Exploration resource, equipped with onboard learning computer Zeta-93, Socrates. Date time, 9-3-2029, 12-14 p.m. Begin log. Initial report. All systems are functional. No damage present on interior or exterior. Positioned as directed in front of SCP-5255. Prepare to proceed into the anomaly when order is given. Alright, proceed. Yes, proceeding. Light is visible approximately 3 kilometers ahead. All systems are functional. No damage present on interior or exterior. Proceeding. Light is visible approximately 2 kilometers ahead. All systems are functional. No damage present on interior. Minor damage present on exterior. Minor damage? Report the nature of it. As an extant object, minor damage to my structure over time is inevitable. Due to exposure to moisture in the air, the materials I am comprised of have sustained minor damage. That's extremely minor. Not worth reporting. Proceed. Yes. Z-93 proceeds. Light is visible 1 kilometer 563 meters 92 centimeters ahead. Due to exposure to current conditions, the materials I am comprised of have sustained minor damage. I am moving at 0.18 kilometers per hour. A significant amount of dirt and stone is being kicked up behind me by my movement. Z-93, that's enough. This is not relevant. There are currently 5,209 pebbles of various shapes and sizes immediately visible. I am scared. The light is now surrounding me. I am speaking to you. I am experiencing a malfunction due to an excess of information being communicated. I am terrified. My onboard learning computer is sustaining severe damage. The light is bright. It is impossible for me to measure it further. It is impossible for me to measure it further. Oh no. Oh no. Please. I. 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 Readings lost. Destruction of Z93 confirmed. God damn it! End log. Attempted exploration 5255-3. Supervising Researcher Dr. Eden, Exploration Resource, D-2231, Date and Time, 15-3-2029, pm Begin Log. We've started recording. D-2231, walk down the tunnel until you reach the light, and continued reading the sentence you've been provided with every few minutes. Um, alright. I just, I just start now? Yes, you start now. D-2231 begins walking down the tunnel. Leopold II of Belgium died in 1908. Is that true? <laughs> I was never much good at history. 
Yes, please continue. God, it's dark in here. These goggles will keep working the whole way, right? Yes, please continue. Yeah, sure, I'm going. D-2231 continues moving down the tunnel. Leopold II of Belgium died in 1908. So there's supposed to be this light, right? Yes. Can you see it? Maybe. Like a pinprick in the distance? If that's it, it's still far away. I guess it must be bright if I can see it at all, though, but that's not what I want to talk about. This light, it isn't deadly, right? Of course not. Because I'm near the end of my time. Like your guy said, my 30 days of employment. I don't want to put my neck on the line. I assure you, there's absolutely no danger in what you're doing. The sentence, please. Fine. Leopold II of Belgium died in 1908. I just keep walking? You just keep walking. Silence as D-2231 proceeds for another 60 minutes, taking short breaks for water. Leopold II of Belgium died in 1909. Jesus, how much farther is this going to be? Sorry, can you repeat that? Leopold II of Belgium died in 1909. Why? That isn't the sentence we gave you. I... Leopold II of Belgium died in 1909. Leopold II of Belgium died in 1909. Holy shit, that's... I can't... Leopold II of Belgium died in 1909. Sorry, can I... Can I head back now? I'm afraid not. Please proceed. Are... Are you sure? Yes. Don't worry. We'll be with you the whole time. (sighs) Okay. D2231 proceeds. Audio feed lost. Addendum 5255-3. Exploration reports. Five hours following attempted exploration 5255-3. D2231 emerged naked from SCP-5255. Medical analysis showed severe damage to his left ear and symptoms consistent with minor dehydration. Following a recovery period, D2231 claims to have proceeded through SCP-5255 until he reached the space it terminated in. As the effects of SCP-5255 were determined to still be active within D2231, this account is considered to be at least partially reliable. When prompted further, D2231 provided the following written account of his experiences in SCP-5255. When the earpiece exploded, it hurt like hell. But it was like my mind was running faster. Even though my ear was like it was on fire, I could still sort of decide at the same time to keep on walking. Like the part of me that makes decisions and the part of me that feels pain weren't as attached anymore. The light was so bright. Even though I'd thrown away the goggles, I was worried they might explode too. I could still see like it was daytime. The light burned me, sort of. But it didn't really feel painful. It was as though I was losing stuff I didn't really need. My jumpsuit turned to dust, but I wasn't cold. I wasn't hot either, really. It was this sort of really nice, neutral feeling. The roomiest of room temperature. Just existing. Following the cessation of SCP-5255's effects on D-2231, it was decided that, in order to fully ascertain the nature of the space and entities at the end of SCP-5255, D-2231 should be deployed into the anomaly once again. 
Secondary exploration was conducted on 33-2029 at 12.23 p.m. In order to prevent further injury, D-2231 was not provided with any equipment capable of providing the feedback to mission control. Prior to entry, D-2231 was briefed on information surrounding SCP-5255 so he could attempt to interview the entities present at the end of the tunnel. D-2231 returned six hours later and provided the following written account. I don't think I had any reason to be afraid that first time. As far as I could tell, violence isn't even really possible there. Bundles of information can't exactly swing at each other. That place... I could call it a village, but that implies too much infrastructure. I could call it a temple, but that implies worship of something. It's more of a... place of contemplation. But not contemplation of anything outside the space. Very inward. Sort of meditation, I guess. Just somewhere you can exist as nothing but yourself, with none of the doubts and uncertainty. A place where you can read the infinite book that is you. I thought myself closer to one of the entities. An old one, I think, from the density of it. It didn't look like anything. Nothing looks like anything there. But there was this sort of association of nobility covering it. The idea of authority on the outer layer. You can't speak there, but you can communicate easy. Just point and think. None of the ambiguity of words. Like I said before, just pure intent. I asked it if it was Arthur from the story you'd shown me. It told me it was a thing that had thought it was a man, that had thought it was a king, and that it had once worshipped a thing that had thought it was a machine, that had thought it was a god. There was this sort of seasoning of emotion, but it was all very content. It was happy to tell me this. It was something the thing had accepted. Then it drifted off, back to contemplation. I had this feeling then, that I should just stay there. Stay there and understand myself. But I also knew that if I did stay there too long, I wouldn't be able to come back. People can become information, but information can't go back to being people very easily. First she told me I'd be here for 30 days. Then it was until the investigation was complete. I wonder if, when you're done with me, I'll be able to go back to being a person. I was sad, but I left, and I started walking back. For the third incursion in SCP-5255, it was decided that D-2231 should approach the source of the light directly, rather than engage with the surrounding entities. In order to ensure the return of usable intelligence, however... He was commanded to immediately disengage and return if he, at any point, believed himself to be in immediate danger. D-2231 was prepared as in the previous exploration, and he entered SCP-5255 on 4-4-2029 at 12.02pm. He returned six hours later and provided the following account. I think the entities knew what I was there for this time. They were all observing me the second I arrived, carefully, like cameras recording for posterity. It was probably the most interesting thing that they'd observed in a while, I'll admit. I thought my way past them, heading towards where I knew the source would be. I couldn't bring myself to move toward it, strictly speaking, but instead towards the space it was occupying. Like I said before, I couldn't bring myself to observe it. It was too dense, too heavy. It would be like putting a million ton weight on the second story of a house. The floor wouldn't take it. The closer I got to it, the bigger I realized it was. 
If the entities were like words riding on the wind, then the source was a hurricane. Information wrapped around information, wrapped around something. What that something was is hard to say. It's like when you tell the truth ever, you're paying homage to this thing. Not in the way a god gets tribute, but more like your honesty is based on this thing. This is the perfect example of the truth. Primordial. It felt like... I thought... It was like if I made contact with the thing, thought too loudly at it, I'd pop against its side like a bubble against a boat. But I kind of wanted that. To be reduced to the most concentrated version of myself. There'd be no worries then. I'd be free. I felt like all that would happen if I just made contact. But I didn't pop. Instead, I left. Hey everyone, Pacific here with a quick ad break. And a reminder, ad-free episodes are available at our Patreon at patreon.com slash scp underscore p-o-d. You guys, you know it's been nicer lately, and in Wisconsin, you never quite know when winter is going to be in, but it's been nice for like four days in a row, and I'm like, if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up, and so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess, I want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always going to have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want. It's effortless, guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And now, back to the show. Addendum 5255-4, interview log. Following the third incursion in SCP-5255, D-2231 was brought in for debriefing prior to termination of current employment cycle. Recording recovered from off-site simultaneous backup. Begin log. I read your last exploration report a few hours ago. I see. You've done very well. Gone above and beyond the call of duty. Can't have been easy to stand before something of that immensity and come back. D-2231 shakes his head. I'm sorry? You're right, Doctor. It wasn't easy. I'm sorry to hear that. No, you're not. You don't care. Don't pretend you care. You don't care how I feel. You don't care whether I live or die beyond the inconvenience it would cause for you. I'm not a person to you, and the fact that I can say all of this means that it's true. Objectively. Have you been told how we proceed from here? Yes. You told me I'd be released after the explorations were finished placed back into the general population, cleared of my crimes, as a reward for my service. That's right. We'll need to perform mild amnestic therapy, of course, to ensure you don't leak information about you witnessed here- But that's a lie. Excuse me? You heard me. That's a lie. You would never let me go, or any of us. It's a waste of resources, no matter how expendable they may be. I- Shut up. 
I'm talking now. This amnestic therapy. After you do it, I'll go back into circulation, won't I? My number changed, assigned to some other anomaly. Hell, maybe just this one again. My 30 days looping over and over again until I die. That's an interesting theory you have. We both know the fact that I said it makes it true. Besides, the light destroys all your technology, doesn't it? Why did you think your amnestics would be any different? I see. In that case, we'll have to wait for its effects to fade before resetting you. I'm sorry, but you really are doing a service to humanity. I'm going to kill you in two minutes. What? You heard me. I'm going to kill you, and everyone in this base, too. Dr. Eden gets out of his chair. Security! They can't stop me. They can't kill me, either. Dr. Eden runs for the door. You can't get away in time, Doctor. Something's been playing on my mind lately. I am D-2231. Why am I able to say that? That shouldn't be my name. It's just something you gave me. Dr. Eden is unable to open the door as he is not using his identification card, presumably due to panic. But then I realized, it's the name I've had for the majority of my life. The truest one I've had. In my head, that's what I call myself, even. I've been living these 30 days for a long, long time. D-2231 looks at Dr. Eden, who's cowering in the corner. You deserve this. An extremely bright light, identical to that at the end of SCP-5255, begins emanating from the body of D-2231, engulfing the room in an instant. Dr. Eden screams. No, 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 please! Recording is completely covered in white light. Recording device is destroyed. All contact with site is lost three seconds later. End log. Following this interview, all buildings, equipment, and personnel associated with the SCP Foundation directly outside of SCP-5255 were destroyed via spontaneous combustion. The only survivors are believed to have been a group of D-Class who took the opportunity to flee. Following the arrival of Mobile Task Force Omega-17 to investigate the incident, evidence was discovered indicating that, following the interview, D-2231 left the ruins of the site and proceeded back into SCP-5255. Addendum 5255-5 Communication Log 5255-1 Before an operation could be executed to enter SCP-5255 and retrieve D-2231, several communications were received from the interior of Scaffold Pike. Due to the nature of the threats contained in these communications, the operation was immediately cancelled. In order to perform negotiations as demanded in the communications, the O5 Council elected to directly contain D-2231 within SCP-5255 through a remote conference call. Begin log. Hello. Hello there. Are we all coming through clearly? Yes. I understand you all perfectly. You've got some goddamn nerve. Are these threats meant to frighten us? How are you communicating with us? It's as I wrote in my reports. Point and think. I'm just pointing at you lot. And who exactly are we communicating with? Bath or the source of the light? There isn't a meaningful distinction. The primordial truth has wrapped itself around me. It's a power source desiring direction. So we're taking threats from an anomaly then? That's it. That's exactly it. It's a farce we're even bothering to speak with the thing. 
All right, now, hold on. Right. We're not going to bow to pressure like this. You've got everyone in a bit of panic, my boy. I have to say, Five, I feel like you're not taking this very seriously at all. It's very concerning. Five's attitude isn't the issue here. Well, maybe it should be. Let's all calm down a moment. Two? Hmm? Oh, yes, yes, of course. So, um, Mr. Bath, if you could please repeat your, um, proposition. You mean his threat. You Seven. want me to give you my demands again. Just for posterity. An immediate end to your D-Class program and the reintegration of all D-Class back into society. No strings attached. <laughs> Ridiculous. One. I'm afraid what you propose simply isn't possible, Mr. Bath. I... D-2231. Pardon? That's my name. I... I see. In any case, doing what you ask would simply be beyond our means, D-2231. With the number of D-Class we have active throughout organization, it's unreasonable to expect us to individually release and reintegrate every single one. The amount of money involved alone would be absurd. I don't care. It's what you'll do. If you don't mind me asking, why exactly is that? Because if you don't, I'll let the light flare. This mountain will act like a cannon and the light will permeate into every corner of the globe. Every lie you've ever told, every memory you've ever stolen, every cover-up, every method you have of fooling the public will all be revealed. <laughs> if you think... Yes, I'm sure you have some way to escape the physical effects so you won't die. But how long do you think you'll last with the whole world knowing what you've done? Everything you've done. How fast do you think you can run? Hmm. Do you think you're beyond our reach, little boy? Yes. I... You... Sir. Is there anything else? No. That's my offer. If there's no reply, I'll assume the answer is no. You know what happens then. Communication with D2231 ends. Well, shit. And log. Addendum 5255-6. Voting record. Subject of council vote. Immediate termination of D-Class program. Immediate reintegration of all serving D-Class personnel into the general population. If passed, these measures will subsequently be referred to as the Veritas Agreement. Voting members. 05-1 through 05-10. Non-voting members. 0511, 12, and 13. Votes for, five. Votes against, four. Votes abstaining, four. Motion passes. Addendum 5255-7, communication log 5255-2. The following is a message sent to SCP-5255 on 23-7-2029 by order of 05-1 following council vote. Begun doing as you asked. All experimentation involving D-Class had ceased. A thousand projects frozen for the sake of you and your demands. Many of them might not recover from that. The discoveries that could have been made, the lives that could have been saved. Gone. There are rumors that the Foundation might split, the against faction taking whatever they can and forming their own organization. Tensions are explosive. The world could be looking at an eighth occult war, but 
I suppose you wouldn't understand what that means. But a few criminals will walk free. Your misguided self-righteousness has changed the world. I hope you're happy. A reply was received two days later. I am. Thanks. This week's episode was possible thanks to our patrons. Joining us this week was Jack Stassi, Kate Lynn, Stephen Conger, Alan Smoling, Gin and Miskatonics, Beeman 1923, Giovanni Orsi, Francis Koss, Jonathan Jesus Macias, Nomad Crow 8001, Anva Mahmood, Fire 545, Dominic Rupert, Mellow Yellow, Christian Clatterbuck, Jace Liren, Tanith Ghost, and Grim Reaper HD 926. Thanks, guys. Your support means the world, and it helps us do what we do. SCP-5255 was written by Tanhoni. Our narrator and host was John Grills. Dr. Eden was Anver Mahmood. D2231 was Melissa Lusk. O5-1 was Russ Moore. O5-2 was Alyssa Park. O5-5 was Brandon Nguyen. O5-7 and Technician Bean was Madeline Moore. And Z93 was Rissa Montanez. Our sound designer was Travis McMaster, and all her music was done by the incredible Matt Roy Berger. Our theme song was done by the one-of-a-kind Tom Rory Parsons. And I'm your showrunner, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska. And this is a bloody disgusting show. For more information, visit scparchives.com.